Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Tuesday, September 19th on the Sleepers Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Be a fun episode today. Carter Elliott is here, and he told me I look slender before we jumped on this Zoom call. Yeah, thank you. You're looking very, very spelt today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes I don't know if compliments from you are coming with like a double meaning, like a a little like half insult hidden as a compliment. But I, I think this one was genuine. I, I responded to you and said I'm going through a hair crisis. So can we talk about my hair situation going on right now? Honestly, I think we have to because maybe it's the hair. The, the hairstyle actually might be making you look like more spelt. Makes me look a little younger or something, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I, yeah, it's throwing, talk me through this. What's going on here? So one of the things I like most about being uh, just like a nerdy white guy is that you can really like switch up your hair at any given moment. Um, and so like my hair saga through my life has been uh I like I had a mop top in high school. Like that was like the cool thing at Lansing Catholic from like seventh grade on was like you're just gonna grow out like really shaggy, stupid looking hair. Uh and I had that basically all of high school. And then I forget when this really changed. Even like fresh like when I met Mal, my now wife in college, like the pictures are like embarrassing. So I had hair down to like my shoulders. I was, I, when I when I met you, I'm pretty sure you had the mop. Yeah, I had like a mop for like six, seven years. And I don't really know when it switched, but I just like decided to get a haircut. And like, I think I was like in the medium mid range in between what I want to do. And then I got out of college and grew up a little bit. And I started watching The Bachelor. And there's this guy named Sean Booth, who like very clearly did like a one faded into a one and a half with like a hard part and like slicked it all the way to the back right. And I said, I want that. Oh, I want and the then, Sean Booth. <laughs> then I did that for about six years without realizing I'm not Sean Booth. And like his look was much more about his biceps than it was his odd haircut. So anyways, the uh, long story short, it's been a rough hair decade for me. I've been like a big time like product, spike it up, like try to be professional kind of guy for a while. Uh I just don't think I can really rock that much anymore. And I don't know what to do with it. I can't go back to the mop. But the nice thing, like I said, about being a white guy is if you just go in the middle range of this, you end up doing what I would call like the J.J. McCarthy, which is just like you have some random little like flimsy flops that cover part of your forehead. So I don't know if I'm intending to do this, but I just didn't put product in it today. I showered before this, didn't put product in it, and I'm giving it a try. And I'll tell you what, Card, I feel okay about how I look on the Zoom call right now, but I'm nervous. I'm, I'm, You know what? I'm not hating the cut. I'll be honest with you. Okay. I kind of like it. Oh, I appreciate that. I uh, think it makes your forehead smaller too. Yeah, have that's that? the obvious thing here is I have a massive, massive forehead. And my haircut for years has like made that louder, especially now that the hairline may be receding a little bit. So I, I, like, I, that we don't speak, we don't use art, we do not use that word. 
Okay, thank you. But so yeah, we're just gonna give this a shot. We'll see. Um, kind of like a little bedhead look, but it is what it is. I feel I feel all right, and you called me slender, so maybe that goes hand in hand. Here we are. Some fun topics to talk about today. Michigan State's coaching search continues, and they have a chance to make the funniest hire in NCAA history. Uh, we think a Big Ten school is about to land a blue chip recruit, and then uh, I, I have a little game I came up with. I don't know where I came up with this, but uh, fun question of if you could only draft one player in the Big Ten to have be the face of your team, who would you draft? And it might not be as easy as you think, because if you draft Zach Eady, you're only getting three months of Zach Eady. You could get someone for four years instead. So I'm excited to see what you come up with. Uh, But first, we'll start with comments. As always, let's go to you. Do you have a Carter Elliott comment of the day today? Uh, Yes, I do. And it is from that boy from Illinois. Also, just a reminder to folks, we're getting a lot of comments on other videos. And as I do, as we do welcome that and it pertains to that video, I typically like to stick to the main video for where I pick comments. So if you do want me to pick your comment uh, for all those that are commenting on YouTube, maybe even double comment, throw it on the main video so I can see it uh, just because I don't want to scroll through the other videos. Keep it fair. We're always coming from the main video. So that boy from Illinois said, can we agree that NFL has the worst overtime rules of any league? Uh, and this is why I wanted to talk about this, because I don't understand how hard it is to make sure that both teams get a chance to get the ball. Like, is that is that not a should that not be a well-known or well-respected thing? I just I hate that the game is essentially decided by a coin flip. You have a 50 50 chance to win the game. And I know that they did the thing where you have uh, if the other team scores a field goal, you have a chance to score. Well, if the other team scores a touchdown, you should have a chance to score. Or honestly, I'd be completely fine with just make it another quarter, make it another quarter. And whoever wins, wins like and just play a whole nother quarter. Now, obviously, with NFL rules and how they probably want to minimize games or something like that, even though they cut preseason and added another week of football. Why not just play another quarter? I think that'd be my solution. Greg, I feel like you have some, I feel like you have an iPhone note with like overtime rule Uh adjustments Uh or something like that. So I have three fun creative solutions that uh, are, are readily made for this. Two of them I just came up with on the fly right now, but I feel really good about them. I also want to preface this by saying no disrespect to any football guys out there. We're a basketball show at heart. We are starting to talk football. We welcome football guys. I never played football. I'm just a fan of watching and betting it. Never played football for once in my life. Uh, I have a, a a take that might get me some shit here, but spoiler alert. The people in power in the sport of football might not be the brightest bulbs <laughs> in the box. Okay. Like football is like, grr, hit someone like, yeah, that's, that's who made the rule where if you win a coin toss, you can win the game. Okay, like no disrespect to Roger Goodell, not my favorite commissioner. Don't think he's made some of the brightest decisions in his tenure. Uh, I I just it's football. Like, what are we what do we expect? This is a, the American sport because Americans are idiots and I love us for being idiots. But like there hasn't been a lot of thought put into this, in my opinion. Here's three ways I would fix this. Uh, one. Keep the simple rule right now where if the first team scores a touchdown, they can win, except if the first team scores a touchdown, they have to kick a regular extra point, and then the second team then gets the ball, 
and can go down and score, but if they score, they have to go for two. That way there's only two possessions total. That's it. Both teams get the ball, and it's much harder to score and win and go for two than it is to just score, but they still get a chance. I kind of like that. Where do you go for two from? Like from the normal spot? From the normal spot. From the normal spot. Yep. I like that rule a lot. You just came up with that one? So that's option number one. I have two on, more. Wait for this. My my two get more scandalous here. Number number two. Uh, I personally really like the way college football overtime is run. I think it's good. I don't think it's a bad thing if the game extends. I know college football is trying to cancel. Like they don't want ten overtimes. I think ten overtimes is great. I think everybody loves that. What I would do with the NFL if they were to adopt the college style, I would say both teams get a possession in every overtime. But instead of starting at the 25, start at the 50. You start out of field goal range. NFL kickers are pretty elite. You only need like 10 yards to be in range. Start at the 50. There's more variation of what could happen. More plays, more downs. Both teams get the ball. Start at the 50. Simple as that. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. It'd be kind of fun to see like if one team got stopped and let's say the Ravens are playing and the Ravens are like, you know what? I don't even want to run a play. Run Justin Tucker out there for a 65-yarder for the win. Yeah. Don't even risk a fumble. I like yeah. that too. Yeah, game strategy I think is pretty good. Um, I just I I just forgot my third. I got so excited about my first yeah. and second. The third was yeah. radical. Can you can you just like talk through some stuff for a minute while I think of this? Because the third was radical, and I got to remember it. You want me to talk through actual NFL stuff, or can I just talk about anything? Yeah, talk about whatever. Talk me through your morning, your day. Just just. Oh, okay. I'll, actually, I know exactly what I want to talk about. So I've had a tough weekend, as many know. MSU lost. Lions lost. Um, just things weren't really going my way. And I decided after the Lions game, I was going to clean my car because I just needed something to take take my mind off the weekend of losing. So I cleaned my car out. I took all my, you know, I used to keep my basketball shoes in there, things like that. Cleaned all that out, cleaned the carpet, cleaned everything. Forgot my shoes for my men's league game last night. Lost my men's league game and I had to hoop in low top Air Force Ones. I was getting cooked audibly by the other team because even though I scored a good amount of points, I missed a lot of, a lot of bunnies yesterday, a lot of free throws too. Ended with 18. But even when I was getting and ones and like trying to talk shit, the dude was like, you're hooping in air force ones. And I had nothing to say back to that. It it really, it really rattled me. But Gregory, please go on with your third topic. First of all, I appreciate the update. You did uh, send me a voice note last night. So we said yesterday on this episode, you have until Wednesday for something to start going your way. Otherwise, you're mailing it in. Yeah. Uh, t- today is a critical day based yeah. on how I know last night ended. It's been a good morning. Okay. Off to a great start. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's the radical one. Both teams have the ball at the same time on offense, on opposite ends of the field. Ball at the 25. We got team one on offense, team two's defense, playing football on that side. On the other side, team two on offense, team one on defense, playing football on that side. The first team to score wins. First team in the end zone wins. That's insane. How do you watch that? Like rapid two minute drill. Think of like if it's like red zone where you got like the quad box. There's just a split in the screen. You're watching offense on one end. You're watching offense on the other end. Teams are rushing no huddle to get up to the line. Like if you went four and out, you go back to the beginning of the 25. Like you just stuck. Teams are going to be gunning for the end zone. It would be electric, wouldn't it? It'd be electric. Honestly, I kind of like all those options. I think all three are more fun than uh, what we currently had. But do you have a do you have a favorite out of those three? 
<laughs> the third one sounds electric. I the think, third uh, one's not electric. I think I'd go one though. I think if I could truly pick, I'd pick two. But I think one's the most realistic. Like, just insert that. That's an obvious fix right now. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Come on. I think Roger. both both teams should have a chance to touch the ball. Yeah. Also, like, get a stop though, and also like win a coin toss. True. Shout out to Drew Locke of the Seahawks. Did absolutely nothing but win the coin toss the whole game. What would you think about this? Instead of, because uh, the only thing I don't like is like a coin toss is truly you don't have any say. Like one team does. They got to pick heads or tails. But the other team just like gets to stand idly by and see what their fate is. What if instead of a coin toss, it was the same exact rules, but it was rock, paper, scissors? Hmm. Best two out of three. We're a big rock, paper, scissors podcast. We love it. Do love rock, paper, scissors. I mean, it, it wouldn't be kind of fun. It's like Drew Locke versus Jared Goff, rock, paper, scissors, two out of three for the ball. <laughs> True. I mean, my degenerate mindset also take two players that don't play, have them shotgun a beer. Don't hate that, too. I just I wouldn't be nearly as mad if Jared Goff lost two out of three rock, paper, scissors. Then we just didn't have a chance in the coin toss. Jared know? Goff also isn't losing rock, paper, scissors, shoot best two out of three to Drew Locke if we're going to keep it a buck. He's not. No chance. Not no chance. Is Jared Goff kind of like, is he kind of swaggy? In like, in a weird way, kind of. Yeah. And maybe it's because I didn't hold him in any swaggy regard coming in. He's kind of like that boy. Yeah. Like he talks his talk. He like, he trolls a little bit on IG. He's like, you know, throwing stuff on. He's got the SI swimsuit model girlfriend. Like Jared Goss kind of elite. He got some shit to him. And I don't think we realized like, I I thought uh, like, I think he had pretty boy potential. Like if he stayed in LA his whole career, I think he was going to be Hollywood Goff, which honestly would have been kind of fun. But I think like, he's just kind of subtly like hidden back, adopted the Detroit mentality. And yeah, he chirps a little bit too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He got that late hit. He got up in dude's face. Who knows what he said, but he, you know, he's got a little shit to him for sure. And he looks like Ken, which is still, it's great. Like that's cold. We like that. So, Okay. Uh, fun, fun start to today's episode. Should we pivot to the Discord? Please. Let's pivot to the Discord. Uh, good active day Please. in the Discord as always. A lot of people firing off some Monday night football bets. Uh, I gave out George Pickens receptions, which I'm mad we had to sweat that, but Pickens with a couple of big plays last night. Uh, let, let's do some comments here, though. I put the episode in the comments thread, and you said, I need to know if number 32 actually played for Seattle because I may have some words. Yeah. Because I didn't see him on the field at all. Come to find out, he's a special teamer. Mm, I'm not sure you're the one that should be trolling, my boy. That's all I'm saying. That well, doesn't sit right. Yeah, it doesn't sit right. Coy says, was Matt Meyer a paycheck guy? Is Paul Mulcahy the biggest paycheck guy? This comes from yesterday's episode where we uh, or I had the realization that a lot of these dudes are just there to cash checks. Like the Villanova fifth-year seniors. I don't think have a bunch of motivation to make Villanova basketball great again, or to, to reach new heights individually. Uh, yeah. We totally overlooked Matthew Meyer in this, right? Like, yeah. And there's like, there's, I don't even know what the rumors at this point, but they're actual facts. Like Matt Meyer didn't touch the campus of <laughs> Illinois unless he was like there to practice or play games. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Matthew Meyer, by the way. He was the name a couple oh, yeah. of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, we were uh, teasing. There was an Illinois player we thought we could get on the podcast. Matthew Meyer is that guy. I still think we could. I didn't make a 100% effort to get him. I kind of just like danced around it for a day. 
but I, I would love to talk to Matthew Meyer. I think he's a fascinating guy. I would be furious if my team paid for Matthew Meyer, though, and I got what Matthew Meyer gave Illinois. That was tough. Uh, Fam says, can I get a State of the Union on rap slash hip hop? Is it cooked? Haven't seen good new talent since Dirk, but I've got my eye on this Dallas wave. Okay, so I will be with fam. I do have my eye on the Dallas Wave. It's a certain style. Um, I don't know if they're like going to take over the rap game or something like that. But I will say this: I think there is a new, a new rap kind of wave coming along. And for anyone out there who is looking to get into some people, I would highly recommend getting into some Detroit artists. Like, if you're not already listening to the Babyface, Ray, you know, Vezo, um, these, all those guys. Especially these, his last album, probably one of the top albums of the year. Uh, so definitely listen to that. I really don't want to talk about rap right now because my favorite rapper is a liar. Like he promised me that we would get an album this week, and because he's on tour, we're not getting it till October six. I don't want to, you know, be tough on him. But if you're gonna be one of the greats, to me, it sounds like he's getting a little complacent. The old Drake, I know, he's dropping it even when he's on tour. He is. So. I don't know. I'm a little bit. I'm a little afraid. Oh my god! I can't believe you just said that on camera. I you've never even hinted at an inch of doubt towards Aubrey Drake Graham. I am in shock right now. Oh, I mean, let's not let's not get it twisted. October six, a classics dropping. Let's let's not get it twisted. But there is a little minuscule bit, a little microscopic piece of like, is is Drake getting complacent? The old Drizzy is wow. dropping even when he's on tour. He's getting up there. He's a father now. I don't know. Wow. Uh, is Dr- thumbnail. Is Drake a paycheck? Is is Drake a paycheck guy? <laughs> he might be a paycheck guy. He might. Um, wow. I I was not ready for that. Yeah, I, I won't comment on uh rap hip hop because I I just don't listen to enough new rappers. Do you, do you listen to Rod Wave? I, I try to get you to, to listen. Rod Wave. Do you listen to Rod Wave? I I like don't love Rod Wave. You like don't love what the what the f does that mean? Like I like him. I don't love him. Like I I'm okay. not gonna like seek out like oh today I'm playing Rod Wave all day. But like if mm. Rod Wave came on, I'm like yeah I don't mind him. Okay, that's understood. For anybody out there who has Apple Music, uh, follow me Carter Elliott on Apple Music. I got playlists. I got all new music for you. You don't got to worry about finding new artists. I'm on the lookout. I'm finding them all for you. I got you. So Apple Music over Spotify, by the way. Oh, of course. Yeah, of e- course. easily. My uh, the only thing I wouldn't even call this new, but I've just been listening to all the UK stuff that you put me on. Man, about a month UK's ago. Sweet. Yeah, I'm big, big Central Sea guy. Yeah, is, is Central Sea your favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've gone down the rabbit hole of all the guys you showed me. Tried to seek out a couple of my own. Beyond that, I don't love Dave. You put what? me on Dave. I don't love Dave. Uh, I don't love Burna Boy either. Uh, a big, big Central Sea guy though. But, but Burna Boy is not UK. Yeah, I didn't know that, but I did yeah. think he was. Well, he he's. I think he I think he actually is maybe from the UK or group, but he's he's not he's technically Nigerian. So like that's that's his he's not he's not a UK rapper, technically. Got it. Yeah, much different vibe to that too. But what about you? Have you uh, ran Stormzy? Mm-hmm. I uh, Stormzy probably my second favorite behind Central C. Okay. See, I like Dave a lot. But I think there's a big gap between Central C and Stormzy from everything I've heard. 
Okay. My my next uh task to you is uh Diggity. That's the next UK rapper. Okay. I'm intrigued by the name alone. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh okay. Yeah, sorry, fam. Sorry we didn't give you more on that, but that's where we are. Um the moving on. D Rose SAT says Illinois has arguably the biggest NIL in the Big Ten. Do you think they should be targeting five star McDonald's All American types instead of big name portal pieces? Uh, I have two questions to you in response to this. One is the question he asked, should they be targeting different guys? But two, do you actually think Illinois has the biggest NIL in the Big Ten? I don't think so. I think it's probably behind Indiana from what That's I what know. I that yeah, I would say Indiana too. And preface this by saying there's a lot of people that are plugged into and like actually know the NIL numbers. This is just purely us guessing and the little information we have. I think it's I think it's Indiana and I think Indiana's pretty clear too. Like I think yeah. it's like Indiana's the on the the tier of being like the Purdue of the Big Ten, like as far as the ratings, like they're on their own tier. I think Indiana's on their own tier NIL wise. Yeah, I I would have said Illinois was at least even with Indiana, if not clearing Indiana before this offseason, but I don't know that there's been a moment since the NIL era began that Indiana has hit a point where they've said, oh, we paid Malik Renault, so we can't pay Kellelware. That happened to Illinois a bunch this offseason. They said, oh, well, well, we we gave all our money to Terrence Shannon. We can't get anybody else. And that's poor. That's poor. We don't support that. I also, but here's the thing. I don't know the specifics. I don't know that I buy that. I think, I think that was a lot of Illinois fans making excuses for themselves. I think they could have paid. Paul Mulcahy or others and just for whatever reason decided not to, whether that was basketball reasons or others, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think Indiana would write blank checks for guys from what I know, Illinois. Yeah, and uh, also a little uh, NIL Indiana tidbit or fact. I was in a Indiana space last night, um, just driving home. I hopped into it. And one of the pretty big, I think NIL initiatives at Indiana, they're doing a, a, for a floor seat ticket giveaway to Indiana versus Kansas. Mm -hmm. And it's a hundred dollars an entry. And basically you can enter as many times as you want. And they just, and all that money goes to, I think goes to the uh, NIL program or whatever it is. And they were going through the numbers of how many entries they have. Insane. Like these, these, like people are really, and it doesn't really make sense because I feel like if you put enough money in, you could just buy the seats yourself. Just buy the buy the tickets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much they are though. I mean, maybe they're crazy. Interesting. Yeah, um, many many different ways to sit on the floor at Assembly Hall. One of which is to just ignore where you're supposed to go as as yeah. who, did, said, who did that? I certainly wouldn't recommend it. Uh his actual question though, do you think Illinois should be targeting five-star McDonald's all American types instead of portal guys? Uh, I think they should be targeting portal guys more so. Cause I just, it, it just, it just doesn't seem to me like outside of IO, who I believe was a five-star, correct? Uh, I don't remember. Or he might've been fringe. I don't know either, either, or I think he might've ended up in some recruiting services as a five-star. He was a, a Mac Irvin Chicago kid, right? If they if they didn't have those ties, I don't know if they're necessarily getting him. And I think the true programs that are good at getting five stars are getting five stars they don't have connections to. Like they're getting them because they are Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, whatever school, blue blood you want to throw in there. 
they're getting it without certain ties. They're getting it because of the program they are. I don't know if Illinois holds the weight enough just to rake in five stars in McDonald's All-Americans because of who they are and where they're at. Yeah, I this is a good segue for a couple of reasons. I think two of the topics we're going to do today kind of hit on this. We're going to talk about a five-star that's probably about to commit to a Big Ten school, and then we're going to talk about like how do you weigh a talented one-and-done versus a four-year guy. I don't think five-star McDonald's All-Americans are the most valuable thing for Illinois because I think they've had really talented freshmen and uh, if they can't retain those freshmen, what does that look like? Like, I obviously, Sky Clark didn't hit on the court last year. Obviously, they had some other freshmen that didn't hit the way they wanted to on the court last year. But, like, even even if Gibbs Lawhorn's great, he's not staying at Illinois for a while, right? And he's not even, like, a five-star All-American guy. But I think... Uh, I think their money would be better served on multi-year guys. And honestly, where they landed with Terrence Shannon is perfect because you know you're getting a first-team All-Big Ten guy. He was great last year, and he's back. Like, if a freshman was great in year one, they're probably not back. So you get the maximum you spend on uh, multi-year guys. Yeah, definitely. But I don't know if they're going to win with that model, though. It's kind of tough. You kind of got to do both. Travis Nelson said uh, to the Meyer stuff, he said, as soon as Meyer's check at the mailbox, a monster was cracked open. I don't know if the Discord knows this, but I I drank five monsters in a day last year in honor of Matthew Meyer, and I had never had a monster before. So I didn't know how hard it would be. Like, I I thought it'd be pretty easy, honestly. I thought just like it'd be like drinking extra strength Diet Cokes. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was very wrong, folks. And... Uh, at the time when Greg did do this, I was a I was an energy drink drinker. I was a, a guy that needed like that 300 milligrams of caffeine energy drink. So I was a connoisseur in that area. And for those of you who don't know about Monster, like they have a like low sugar, no calorie version because the regular version of a Monster has like a thousand grams of sugar in it. And if the caffeine overdose doesn't send you into a euphoric state, all the sugar you just had will send you into some type of state. Uh, so I'm I'm very surprised you did that. I'm glad that somebody stepped in. I believe it was Mal, your wife, that stepped in and said, stop drinking these. Uh, thank God for her for doing that. Yeah, I had six of them and I got through four and I had cracked the fifth. And my wife was just like, you need to stop. I was like, like my hands were actually shaking uncontrollably. It was horrible. I didn't sleep for like two days after that. And then I crashed in a coma like state. So uh, credit to Matthew Meyer for, for what he did. That's incredible. Uh, Tristan says, okay, he can't be a paycheck guy because from what he's heard, no one at Washington has gotten paid little busting brackets insight there. Yeah. I don't want to comment on anything. Washington or Paul McKay. No Washington because of football right now or no. Well, shit, now that I think about it, yeah, but also don't want to comment on anything Paul Mulcahy. Uh, got it, okay. And final comment of the day, Illini Travel 11 says, Matthew Meyer absolutely was a paycheck guy. The dude never even stepped foot on campus. Respect. <laughs> yeah, we... why, is that, why is that a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing in Champaign because Champaign's awesome. Okay, well, what, well, what's campus though? Like, I'm sure Matthew Meyer was on Green Street. Is that campus, part of campus? was awesome? Campus was we we went to campus. I, we didn't I'm saying, walk I'm campus. saying, is Green Street that Main Street considered part of campus? I don't know. I don't want to speak for Illinois fans. Or okay, Illinois I know, I know, I know. Matthew Meyer was first team all Green Street. I, no one can tell me otherwise. If, is he stepping in the student union? No. 
Does he need to? <laughs> the no. student union was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we love the student union. We're when not I, admire. When I die, bury me underneath the piano at the Illinois Student Union. I'm sick we didn't get the bowl. Yeah, I really wanted to for real. Um, also, it, does Champagne have a country bar? I feel like that would be Myers vibes more than uh, Cam's. They, uh, they they for sure have a saloon. Yeah, there's got to be some like Champagne saloon. I would bet that Matthew Meyer has like a framed picture. A picture for there. sure. A Matthew Meyer sandwich, something there. Yeah. Thanks to the Discord. As always, great day yesterday. Let's keep the momentum rolling this week. We're going to chip away at the bad betting vibes in the Discord uh, day by day. And then we're going to get to Thursday and we're just going to have like a, an explosion of positivity in the Discord. So link to join the Discord is in the description of every YouTube video. It's $9.99 a month. Uh, if you like this show, we would absolutely love to see there. It's the biggest thing you can do to support us. In fact, I'm going to make Carter Elliott uh, read an ad read after we are done recording this episode. So stay tuned later this episode, you're going to hear a Carter Elliott ad read at some point for the discord. That should be fun. Let's get to our topics for today. Uh, Liam McNeely is the guy I want to lead with uh, presumed Indiana commit, but you can't say that when the other guy that's still in the picture is Bill self. As we know, we've said it thousands of times. That's the one man you don't want to see in a head to head recruiting battle. Uh, Liam McNeely was supposed to visit Texas. He has canceled his Texas visit. He is supposedly deciding between Indiana and Kansas. He recently just had an official visit to Indiana. All the picks came out. Indiana did a great job from everything that I've heard. They crushed this 100 out of 100 and uh, have put themselves in the best possible position to get Liam McNeely. So I want to talk about McNeely's game a little bit before we do predictions on is he going to end up at Indiana or Kansas? Because he's a pretty divisive prospect from what I've seen. All the national guys love him. Recruiting analysts are very high on this kid. Consider him a blue chip, five-star type. Then there's some people in our circles who watch his game, Big Ten type people, who don't come away blown away. Like you, you hear five-star blue chip might come to the Big Ten. That's pretty rare, one. And two, you kind of expect to be blown away visually off just eye test stuff on their game. I don't get that from Liam McNeely. So we we pose this to our Discord. We're like, anybody have a strong feel either way on this guy? And we got a lot of classic white wing cops. We got some Jake Lehman from Basketball Jones. We got some Sam Decker. Uh, I believe I threw out my current take, which I need you to talk me off a ledge on. I think he's Cooper flag. If Cooper flag wasn't good at basketball, that's, that's what I get with McNeely, which is impossible because Cooper flags awesome. And any comparison to Cooper flag, you take that guy, no matter how bad he is, if he's compared to Cooper flag. But, uh, I don't know. I just see like jumbo wing that I'm not sure what he can do. He just looks like he is a smooth guy for how tall he is on the court. You have a crazy comp for Liam McNeely. And I want you to explain that comp. I said he's Gildan Brand Devin Booker. I okay, but hear me out here because all the guys that this is this is kind of where this stemmed from because this was a Discord conversation. Everyone that came out, they're naming like Jake Layman. Jake Layman's like six eight, okay, like six nine bouncy win. I'm pretty sure Jake Layman's six eight. Please check me on that. I thought he was like six ten to be honest with you. Okay, he might. That's what I'm saying. He might be even taller than that. Cooper Flag. Six eight six nine. Um, who was the other one that was said? Um, Sam Decker. Sam Decker is probably what six seven six eight. Like he's he's up there too. McNeely is like six five, actually six five. It might not actually be six five. Around the what? 
He's six seven. He's he's no McNeely is listed at six seven on twenty four seven. McNeely's six five. <laughs> that's that's just Carter Elliott's evaluation. He's yeah, two inches yeah. shorter this, than this, they say. This comes this comes from Carter Elliott double underscore rankings five star whatever you want to call it. He's six five. Are you are you saying you are an expert in guys who are listed at six seven that are actually six five? Yes, I am. From speaking from personal experience, I am. Okay, but what I'm but what I'm saying is, hear me out on this. I think that he he doesn't pop off the page athletically. Devin Booker coming into Kentucky did not pop off the page athletically. He also wasn't, you know, a guy who was like, when they get here, he's going to get to the NBA. I don't think McNeely is going to be the guy that had the Devin Booker type impact as far as like him getting to the school and just blowing up and being a lottery pick. But I think that they're both knockdown shooters. They both play the game extremely smart and the right way. And I think what McNeely lacks, obviously, is Booker's um, more isolation scoring prowess. Like Booker has a crazy bag. I don't know if McNeely has any type of bag, honestly, at this point, but he knows what gets to his spots. He's an absolute knockdown shooter. He's not like a great defender, but he's a willing defender. So if you get willing defender from a five-star kid, you'll love that and you'll work with that. Um, and, and also McNeely looking at Indiana, he's probably a kid that's like, um, I'm a five-star kid, but I'm not really getting the hype that other kids are necessarily getting. He probably wants to play in the NBA. He might look at Indiana and be like, Jalen Hushafino was a borderline five-star guy that no one was really talking about on NBA draft boards until he went to Indiana. And then he went in the first round. Like that's something that Indiana probably could lean into. So I, I think that McNeely is going to be a really, really, really good college basketball player. And it hurts me and pains me that he's going to be in the Big Ten because I think he's going to bust a lot of asses in the Big Ten for years. Um, I'm not sure how long he's going to be there, but as long as he's there, he's going to give a lot of guys problems in the Big Ten. And a plea to you, Bill Self, do your thing, man. Please, please, just do it. Take so I'm going to say you're you're putting the Carter crystal ball on McNeely to Indiana. Yeah, I do like 90-10 to Indiana, but you should be scared of that 10 if that 10 is Bill Self. Yeah, if it's if it's 10, but Bill Self's involved, it's 40. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's that's, like it's, yes, it's like it's like on the it's like grading on the curve. Yeah, that's the Bill Self inflation rate. I I'm I'll call it what I think it is. I'll I'll be pointed on this. He's going to Indiana. That is my belief. I don't feel nervous about this at all other than it is Bill Self. But uh, sometimes you got to separate like all signs point to Indiana here. I think that's what's happening. Uh, I also think McNeely is an all-timer on paper candy stripes guy. You know, I'm a big candy stripes guy. This guy was like handcrafted in a lab to look good in candy stripes. Uh, I think this is a huge ad. I really do because... He is a multi-year guy, in my opinion, and he's about as good as you can possibly be to still be a multi-year guy. Now, we could be wrong. He could step foot in Bloomington and and do what a lot of Indiana freshmen have done and have really productive freshman seasons, and all of a sudden, there's opportunities on the table. But I don't think they should expect that. In fact, I think there's a world where he's even more than a two-year guy here. And that's an incredibly valuable thing for a program like Indiana to have, because I think they've gotten bit a little bit by early departures that may or may not have been in the projections. So is, is there a world where he's Tyler hero? And I know that's the lazy white six, five guard comparison, but is there a world where he is? 
I think you are comparing him to guys that are just a lot more perimeter, like quick than I view McNeely. Uh, I We can debate his height if we want. I view this guy as like a true forward. I don't from what I, and look, I haven't seen him in person. So maybe I'll be blown away when I do see him in person at some point in Bloomington, but I don't see the speed or the the quickness or the footwork stuff that those guards had. Like, even if he can handle a little bit, if you wanted to run him in like some secondary ball handler type stuff, I just think he's kind of slow. Like, I, I think he's going to have to be a forward to be a wing and be successful. Now, he can be a forward who shoots the shit out of the ball. I think that's what Indiana's getting here. He, he Okay, I will say this. He's got a burner. He like has a burner. A, a legit burner. Like best yeah. shooter in best shooter in high school basketball type burner. He has a burner. And even though I'm a little concerned athletically, like he he moves fluidly, just not the quickest or most explosive way. Sneak. So bring hey, bring out bring out the white buzzwords. No, it's hey, not because it's not sneaky, it, sneaky it's, quick. It's not sneaky anything because like I don't know. You just watch him like you you don't even think he should be. I don't know. He just he he's smooth. Can you say sneaky smooth? Like he's smooth while being kind of slow and non-athletic, which is impressive to me. But I, uh, yeah, I think this is a pivotal one for Indiana because all of a sudden you have a core that I think you project forward with for the first time since you had Trace Jackson Davis. And this season, there's a lot of like people are high on Indiana. Some people are low on Indiana. I'm on the low side. I don't know how many of these guys are going to be there a year from now. Like is Mbako in Bloomington two years from now? Is Kalel Ware there two years from now? You would think Malik Renault is. Xavier Johnson's not going to be. It's kind of this transitional period where no matter how good or bad they are this year, it's going to look a lot different in two seasons. And I think McNeely can be the foundation of the next era of Indiana basketball. He's a guy recruits that are prestigious are going to want to come play with. He's a guy that if he's super good, yeah, maybe you only get one year. But he might be super good and you get four years. That, that really is on the table here. And uh, look, if you can go head to head with Bill Self, I don't think it's crazy to say this, Car. I think this would be the biggest recruiting win a Big Ten team has had in 10 years. Like, go, go back to when Indiana got Cody Zeller. Mm-hmm. I think that's how far you have to go back for a recruiting win this big. But even, but even so, this is more of a bigger win because Cody Zeller was an Indiana kid. Mm-hmm. Liam McNeely's not an Indiana kid. He's from Texas. He was long believed to be a Texas lean, actually. That was that was initially who he was going to. And Indiana was able to assert themselves into the recruitment uh, pretty early. But they really have no ties to McNeely, not, you know, locally or area wise or. I mean, the only ties really the Montverde uh, pipeline that they've had success in getting Montverde players. But yeah, it'd be a, it'd be a massive recruit. And anytime you can put the sends, I beat out Kansas in recruiting. You feel really, really good about yourself, no matter what the circumstances. You you got to feel good about yourself. And as an Indiana fan, and I hope Indiana fans see this because they always say we talk so bad about them. But when some good's going on, this is what we say. If I'm an Indiana fan, I'm looking to next year too. I mean, obviously, you don't want to skip on what you had this year, but. You give me a lineup of, let's say, where it leaves after this year, goes to the draft. Give me Renault at the five. Give me uh, Mbako at the four. McNeely at the three. Um, maybe you get Trey Galloway back as for like a super senior COVID year at the two or somebody else you get maybe in the in the transfer portal. And then maybe they land Boogie Fland. 
like the I think pretty sure the number one point guard in the country that they're in on and they've been in on very hard that I'm in on Indiana. Like that lineup is fire. It's a top five team in the country. Yeah. If that's, if that is Indiana's team a season from now, that's a top five team in the country. And that totally changes how I view Mike Woodson, by the way, <laughs> if that's, if that, if he can convince a <laughs> to stay. See, I don't know if that necessarily changes my Mike Woodson narrative because <laughs> I, my narrative is: Can he do what? Can he do stuff with the pieces? I, I'm, I never doubted he could get pieces. It's just does he know how to, you know, not put the square piece, not put the end piece of the puzzle in the wrong spot? Okay. Well, I think there would be more good pieces in that room, in that very nice players' room. By the way, we uh, we randomly found ourselves in the players' room after our trip to Indiana last year. Just kind of one of those like walk in somewhere until someone tells you you can't be there things. And you're, uh, you're welcome for that, by the way. That was you that led us there. No, but my ability to look like a Trace Jackson Davis relative definitely got us to stay. Thousand percent. Although I kind of look like Trey Galloway's like special needs younger brother a little bit. Um, but anyways, we were in there and I, I I was blown away. One like we talked to race real quick. We talked to Trace as they walked by. Like good game, boys. Good game. Ben Higgins was in the room. And I was stunned. This is the second Bachelor reference in this episode. But my God, I am a Ben Higgins fan. And he's an Indiana basketball fan. And I just couldn't muster up the courage to go say hello. Can I get one last uh, Bachelor question before we move on to our next topic? Please, please. Are you going to be in on the Golden Bachelor? I'm going to give it a watch. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm out on the Bachelor franchise right now as a whole. I've taken a two-year sabbatical. Uh, I, you can only take so much of the same thing over and over again. I think every good bachelor fan needs to watch like two seasons, then take two seasons off, then go back to it for two seasons. So uh, that's currently where I'm at. I am open to getting back involved and, uh, maybe it is the gold bachelor that gets me involved. I tried to convince my mother-in-law to go on that, by the way, that would have been great. I think she would have been cast immediately not to get weird, but like the, the woman works out more than any human on the planet. And like, I, she she has a story to her. She she could she could make it work. All right, we gotta change topics before this. <laughs> what? Before you, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. You're like, uncomfortable. Yes. Why are we uncomfortable? Come on, like she she could she she'd be a great target for. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> a great uh, target. Michigan State football. Michigan State football. The names are out of who these guys are actually interested in uh, going after as their new head coach. Mel Tucker has officially been fired. Credit to Michigan State for firing him. I am now more confused on the timeline of this because everybody told me they couldn't fire him because they need to wait for the hearing. Now they're not waiting for the hearing, but they didn't fire him last week. I don't get it. I don't know. I'm just happy he's out. I'm happy they finally said he's gone. He should be gone. He's out. Hilarious. If you read like the the paperwork on this, it's absolutely hilarious that their letter to terminate him had to spell out for him what was wrong here. Like it is wholly inappropriate to masturbate to a vendor on a phone call, Mel. Uh, they made the right decision and he's gone. Now we look forward and we try to move on. And there's a lot of names surfacing, including Mike Elko from Duke. Sean Lewis is on the list. There is one name I want to ask you about first. It's PJ Fleck. And... PJ Fleck, Western Michigan, took him all the way to 
I forget what it was. It was a BCS bowl at the time. He took him to the Cotton Bowl, I believe. Huge mm-hmm. bowl game, huge moment for a MAC program in the state of Michigan. He gets the Minnesota job, high-paying contract. Hasn't exactly been smooth sailing at Minnesota since, including this summer's, I don't know if you want to call them allegations, but the the accusations that he wasn't running his program in a healthy way. And there was cult-like tendencies for a PJ flag football program. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise, he's one of the names on Michigan State's list. I had heard about this before anything went public. I went to dinner again, not to name drop, but last week I went to dinner with PJ Flex former quarterback, Zach Terrell. We were discussing options. I was like, do you think they'd be interested in PJ? He may or may not have confirmed some potential interest there. So uh, the reports that Michigan State has interest from the Spartan side on PJ Flex, I believe are true. What do you make of this? I'll throw it to you. Is this a good thing that PJ Fleck is on this list? And is there any reasonable outcome where he is Michigan State's next head coach? Uh, before I start this, I just want to say um, shout out to the Terrell family. I, I, I've heard great things about you. I hope to maybe one day meet you. But Greg and Mal always speak so, so highly of you guys. And I can't wait to meet you. Terrell. I know that you, Terrell, the Terrells? Terrell, Zach Sorry. Terrell. It's not, it's not Terrell? Zach Terrell. Yeah, Zach Terrell. Terrell kind of slaps it. By the they, way, Zach Zach Terrell sleepy. He wants to be the sleepers football correspondent. Maybe we should have got him on this. But uh, sleepy, great basketball guy. Like he was a, a pretty prestigious basketball recruit from the state of Indiana. Played AAU with like Glenn Robinson the third and a bunch of really? those names. Yeah, a lot of you would have a lot of fun talking to Zach Terrell. I love QBs that can hoop. That's that's something that I'm I'm always game for. If PJ Fleck becomes the coach of Michigan State football, I'm out. I'm boycotting. <laughs> I'm not. No chance. Literally zero chance. I watch a game, support the program. I don't care. Call me a fake Spartan. Call me what you want. There is no world. I don't care how successful PJ Fleck has been. And honestly, I question some of that success. I really, truly do. I'm sorry. Like, yes, the Western Michigan days are great. He's been solid at Minnesota, I would say. Um, Nothing to be, like, absolutely blown away about. Absolutely not. You cannot had the situation that we have fire Mel Tucker for being morally wrong and then bring in literally the Caucasian morally wrong version of Mel Tucker, not to the same extent, but like literally there is a lot of blurred lines with PJ Fleck and how he coaches his programs and who he is as a person. And we're not going to speak on rumors on this show because rumors are nasty and they're never confirmed, but some of the rumors are kind of nasty and I do not want that nasty man coaching my football team. Just no. You cannot coming after making a mistake and damn near setting the program back by giving Mel Tucker $95 million, turn around and give a very large sum of money to another coach who we have questions about not, you know, kind of how he carries himself. Like you definitely have to be worried about how PJ Fleck carries himself. So I'm completely out on it. It would be detrimental to the Michigan State football program. I honestly think that Mel Tucker has already set us back a couple years. If we do PJ Fleck, you can round that up to setting us back like a decade. We will be cooked. Wow. Okay. I wasn't sure where you would be on this. Uh, I think you're on the right side. <laughs> I'll say that. Also, it is 
very distracting the fact that all I can think about is that you look like JJ McCarthy ever since you mentioned the hair thing. That's a compliment. Good looking guy there. Uh, so PJ Fleck, things I believe oh. about him. <laughs> Some things I believe about PJ Fleck. He is an elite, to use one of his own words. He loves the word elite. He is an elite motivator. I think that if there are players who buy into what he's selling, he will motivate them to do anything. Like call that cult-like, call that whatever you want. If if you are officially declaring yourself as a player, a PJ Fleck guy who plays for PJ Fleck, your coach will have you ready to run through a wall, run a marathon, do anything to win a football game, do anything that the team needs of you. Uh, I think he's one of the best in the game at that. I think because of that, he is a good football coach. Minnesota has not had all the success in the world, but I believe strongly PJ Fleck doing what he did at Western Michigan. And in general, he's had good years at Minnesota. He's had some okay years in Minnesota. I believe he is a good football coach. If you're Michigan State, I don't know how you even list this guy as a target. Despite who, who, despite who that, I don't know. Him? I don't know. It's it, all the reports you can go through, like the, all the various news outlets are reporting who there's interest in. And he's on the list of reports cart because there is interest because Michigan State is actually interested in this guy. That's insane. OK, y- you need to kind of wipe the slate clean, number one. But. Like just, just hire some, don't even, not even hiring like have the guys you're targeting, the names that are associated with who Michigan state might want. They need to be good people. They need to be clean resumes. And I know like if Zach Terrell somehow listens to this, God bless him. He's going to fight me to the death that PJ flex a great person. And I don't know PJ Fleck personally. So I'm just speaking to what is publicly confirmed. You can't fire a catchphrase shtick gimmick guy who was publicly morally ambiguous to hire another catchphrase shtick guy who was publicly morally ambiguous, who has current accusations that he doesn't run his program the right way. Like that's so insane to me. And I'm a Michigan state alum, you guys. Can somebody please that is a decision maker at that university somewhere, please just show me that you care about making a good decision somewhere, please. Like we have to just get this right. This is like the most critical hire at one of the most critical points in Michigan state athletic department history. And it's, it's dumb. It's gross. It's wrong that PJ Fleck is one of the first names we hear you're interested in. It's insane. And I don't think PJ Flex is going to end up at Michigan State for a variety of reasons. I think there already is public outcry. And I think the the university will be smart and probably listen to who the fans are gravitating to on this. But Michigan State fans are going to react like you just did. Like they they don't want PJ Fleck in this spot for all the reasons we just listed. And the other guys on the list, I think, are much better fits. They're much better, for lack of a better word, people. They don't have some of these negative connotations associated with them. Do you consider me to be dramatic? Yeah. Okay. Well, you haven't seen anything yet. If we hire PJ Fleck, I'm telling you right now, I will say goodbye to my wife for a couple of days, as many days as needed. And I will sit out in front of Spartan stadium on a Gandhi like hunger strike. And my, and the blood, my blood will be on Michigan state's hands until they fire PJ Fleck. I'm letting that be known right now. 
I will uh, go on a hunger strike and I'm big and I need food. So I don't know how long that was. It probably would. I probably only last a week without food, but my blood would be on Michigan State's hands. You've been known to make a bleach cocktail after a Michigan State football loss. What would your new cocktail be if PJ Fleck was that coach? Wouldn't be one. I'd take the tub of bleach and I would shotgun it. I wouldn't even make a mixie. All right. Uh, well, luckily, I don't think you're going to have to worry about this, although it is a little ominous and concerning. He is on the list. Uh, uh, the other names that were here, uh, I mentioned a couple of them at the top. Mike Elko, Sean Lewis. Do you have a clear preferential option here from your perspective? Who do you want to see hired as Michigan State's next head coach? You know, I've been so damn focused on not wanting PJ Fleck. I haven't given the other guys, I don't think, enough ample time to look into it. Um, off my first initial reaction, I'm kind of in on the Elko hire. I think that he's done a great job at Duke at a school that really doesn't have that many football resources, I suppose. Um, I think he's done a pretty good job of building that program. And I think the next coach of Michigan State has to be somebody who has built a program to success. So it needs to be somebody who took over a program that was in a spot like we're in five and seven, four and eight, three and nine, whatever it was the year before they got there. And they improved across the board. They improved recruiting. They improved, you know, the talent pool of players. They improved offensively, defensively, uh, special teams. Um, and just a guy who's a good person too, would be really, really good. If we can get a good person That'd be massive. And that should be honestly the first thing that we should do and then work our way down to the football reasons. Has to be a good person. And I have a pipe dream also that if we do get Elko, he can bring Riley Leonard with him. That'd be fire. So it, it does genuinely matter to get a good person. I'm glad we're both calling that out. Is Riley Leonard, does he still have eligibility? I don't, I want to say he's only a, a, maybe a redshirt sophomore. I want to... Look, this is he a senior? Uh, I I was thinking in my head he's already like a fifth year guy, but oh, he might he might be. You know how bad I am with that. He, I'm looking at him. Uh, no, he is in his third season right now. So yeah, yeah, potentially two years of Riley Leonard if he came. That would be yeah. So the thing is here, I do think we talked about a little bit, like we don't know where this turns for Michigan state and they're in trouble and there's a long way to go. But the truth is like in this transfer portal era, if you make the right hire, it can change immediately. In fact, Mel was the wrong hire and it changed immediately because he hit on one transfer and some other guys too. But like there is a world where Michigan state football is good immediately. As soon as next year, if, if things just break, right. If dominoes fall correctly. And uh, like certainly getting Riley Leonard with Mike Elko would almost put them in a competitive spot immediately, in my opinion, with the other pieces around them. Although I don't know what that means for your boy, Caden Hauser, who just came off the best drive of his career and could still be the future for Michigan State football, depending on who you ask. But um, here's one thing. I like Elko, and I think Justin Thind has made a good point. He's uh, He wrote an article for 24-7 that uh, he believes Elko should be the guy. And... I think of the candidates I've heard, I am the most in on Elko. I think there's a, a good alignment between what he's doing at Duke right now, a basketball school, and taking that and translating it to Michigan State. 
I think he's a good coach. I think you look at his resume. He's a defensive guy. He's coached a bunch of good defenses at big programs, Notre Dame history. All of this is good. I like all of it. Uh, I also think he would take the job. That's another important part of this. Like you got to, you got to spend your time recruiting guys who would take the job. I think Michigan state got bit in the past with they're after Luke fickle. He wouldn't take the job. So you need to approach this of let's chase guys and waste our time or spend our time on guys who would take the job. Elko would be good. in My opinion there. Finn made a good point. A lot of fans want an offensive guy. And if the best offensive candidate is like a B minus and <laughs> the best defensive guys would be plus you take the B plus like you shouldn't just say we want this type of guy so we need to find it you hire the best coach available and if you believe that's Mike Elko you should make that hire the one problem I have with Mike Elko that I think applies to a lot of the guys on this list right now and I'd be curious your answer on this I think Michigan State should be trying to get a more established veteran head coach than this and I don't even know who those candidates would be. It's a difficult thing to do. But I think one of the largest mistakes we collectively made on Mel Tucker was assuming this guy was a breakout star when he really had like half a good season somewhere. Mike Elko, all signs point to being really good. He's had half a good season somewhere. Like, uh, No, well, it's, it's, it's been more than a half, though, for Elko. Okay, a season and a half, right? Like, I, 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 I might be wrong, but I think he's like he's going on his third season at Duke. I thought he was in year two. Can you can you check that really quickly? Yeah, just, just before so I do. Comment. What I what I was on with Elko or my interpretation of this was he took over a team that had won two games and three games the two previous years. Yeah, year one was last season. He went nine and four at Duke, won the Military Bowl, good season. This year, they're off to a 3-0 and start with a win over Clemson. Okay, so this is the second year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So collectively, now hear me out. 12-4 and four is objectively great. 12-4 and four in the ACC as the Duke head coach with what he took over? Like, yeah, that passes mm-hmm. the eye test. That passes the resume test. Everything. Football's weird, man. Like, like bad football coaches have good seasons sometimes. Look no further than the guy that just left East Lansing. Like, that is a thing. And I would not make the same mistake again of like, we think this guy is the best coach in the game. We have all this money to throw. So let's throw it at him because he beat Clemson once and lost four games last year. We don't know. Like he's at Duke. So this is tough. Mike Elko got a big contract at Duke, but like, we don't know. Two years from now, Mike Elko might be horrible at Duke again. Like we don't have any reason to think that's going to happen. But there are candidates you could hire here, in my opinion, and I won't name names, and I don't know how reasonable any of them are, but I think they could get a guy who's coached 10-plus years in a head coach thing that you know, like, okay, maybe he had a dip and he built it back up. Like, it's mm-hmm. safer, in my opinion, to get a vet like that. One guy I would just point out, it was, they did try to get this guy, Luke Fickle, in my opinion, is an example of what they should go after. And Fickle, not necessarily like a long uh, head coach for a ton of years, But like you saw what he did at Ohio State, then you saw what he did at Cincinnati, and now he's at Wisconsin. Like you pretty much know what you're getting with Luke Fickle. If I'm Michigan State, I would get a guy you know what you're getting. And even if Mike Elko is the best name on the list right now, I don't think we have a clue what we're getting if Mike Elko is the head coach at Michigan State. Yeah, and you know, so many things factor into this too, like as far as buyouts and contracts. And that's the one good thing about Elko is that as far as money wise, like we can blow Duke out of the water with this contract yeah. and this buyout won't be an issue. Um, 
I, I like your, this is what I'll say. I like your thought process with that. Like the, the path of the fickle, like a fickle type path issue though. Right now, I don't know if I can name off the top of my head who that coach would be. I would have yeah. to think about it and actually look into it a little bit. Um, but I, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know who that like Luke Fickle type coach would exactly be. Um, yeah, I'm trying to go on too. Also, you know, you're an eye test guy, like mm-hmm. an eye test type of type of fella. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that Sean Lewis's because uh, he's the you're talking about the the OC analyst at Colorado, correct? Uh, yeah, he was one. Yeah, his, his Twitter bio says, life is too short to huddle. <laughs> I like that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I like that. That's um, massive. <laughs> some, some other names thrown out here, Oregon State's Jonathan Smith, uh, Charles Huff from Marshall. I just say this on Jonathan Smith. He's 29 and 31. In six years, he started his career two and ten, five and seven, two and five, seven and six. He just went ten and three last year, and they're three and zero this year. But like, again, like I, I that doesn't scream great football coach to me, even if things are turned around at the moment. Like, I I just don't know, man. That was one of one of my biggest gripes with Mel before all the Mel shit went down. Was just like this guy's resume at Colorado stinks, <laughs> and I, I like I don't know. We're convinced he's going to be it because he has a bunch of great catchphrases, like. And I get none of these guys are that, but I just, can we get a resume? Like it's Michigan state, man. They have a bunch of money. Like, I think we're downplaying who Michigan state could get. And maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe like the administration has ruined this. And there's a lot of good coaches who won't be interested in this because of how bad the administration's been. But like, they're not a poverty program. We know they're not a poverty program money wise. And I think great coaches should want to coach here especially at the rate they can pay. So Michigan, Michigan state leadership has a little bit of Michigan admissions in them. A little bit <laughs> like dog. And I, maybe I'm the curse, man. I'm Michigan state football fan, Michigan basketball fan. I make no sense. And my teams are horrible because of me. So I just, I feel like these names were thrown around like Mike Elko and Jonathan Smith and Sean, Lew- like those are Minnesota hires <laughs> like uh, why are we acting like we're minnesota we can pay a guy a top 10 salary in the sport i don't want to give a top 10 salary in the sport to a guy who's never won anything before i want to give a top 10 salary in the sport to like a clear good coach and i don't know look around like it, i named luke fickle but like i would consider brett bielema what illinois did he's struggling at illinois right now but like bielema's a proven coach who's won in the big 10 before go give me someone like that give me but he's, someone but, he, but he's thinking it up right now he was good last year. Again, football's weird. Every year, it's a weird year-to-year thing. Like, his quarterback stinks, so they look horrible right now. Yeah. Missed on a quarterback. Like, I I just, I want a guy who, like, we have 20 years of resume stuff on that, like, he's been a good coach, and then he's been a bad coach, and then he's been a good coach again. Okay, what well, last thing I'll say about this, though. With the guys that you're naming, doesn't it take a school to kind of get in on them earlier to realize that they are a good coach? Yeah, probably. It, it, you know, it takes one school to jump in on them, and then everyone figures out like they're this this great coach. So maybe it's more so if Michigan State wants to get in kind of on the ground level with somebody who's showing some promise, um, but more promise than what I know you're going to say. Like that's exactly what we did with Mel. Mel was a lot of projecting. Like Mel's best season at Colorado was what three and nine. Yeah, 
and he and he came from the Saban coaching tree at Georgia. So like he got that bump. Or sorry, not to say oh, from the Saban coaching tree, but also was at Georgia. So got the Georgia bump as well. I think you do want to try to get in on a guy early, but also have a little bit of success that backs that up. And like, you know, I, I don't have a favorite. I, just give me a good person and I'll work yeah. with it. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would just like vet some vetty guys first. You got all this money. You got the money cannons right now. You just saved $80 million firing this guy. It's the biggest blessing Michigan state football could ask for. Like, What's Chris Peterson doing? He stepped down from coaching a year ago. Like, are, are we going to call Chris Peterson and offer him $70 million and he's going to turn down? Would you want Whittingham from Utah? Yeah. Okay, that's the, t- that's the type. Yeah, just a, like a guy that is a vet coach that's been around that we know has years of winning under him at some point. Like, I think that's who Michigan State should go after if you're serious about being competitive instead of – a guy who's had one good season on his resume, which is what every guy on Finn's list is. And I like Elko. I think if they hire Elko, I am optimistic that it'll work out, but you better not pay him a top 10 salary. Don't make that mistake again for a guy who went 10 and four, nine and four in the ACC. That's it's the best year he's had. And he beat Clemson this year. We have no idea how good Clemson is. Like let's just slow down with it a little bit, but we'll see. Um, the one name we haven't mentioned that I have heard named as a candidate, I want to run by you that I think of the names mentioned, this is who I would hire. Brian Hartline, coordinator at Ohio State. I, would, I, I think, Yeah, I think I would like that. I wonder how realistic it would be to get him. I think if you're going to go the unproven route, he is the best name on the board for me. Don't you want someone with head? But you just said you want a head coaching experience, though. Yeah, I again, I would go the experience route over this. But if of the names mentioned, the one guy I would take the shot on being something he hasn't been before is Heartline. I mean, I wouldn't hate that at all. Yeah, I think if you can steal steal a coordinator from pretty much an elite system at Ohio State that has never had coached before. And the the shot is, hey, maybe there's upside here. Maybe he's an elite coach. Then, yeah, I like that. I think the offenses would be good. Um, I think recruits would want to play for him. I like that more than let's throw a bunch of money at Mike Elko. Yeah, still haven't made my official stance, but I do like the thought process there. Okay. All right, this will be a fascinating one to watch because I think PJ is a real candidate here. <laughs> so It's going to get wicked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> My bad, didn't see you there. You've been finding the void in your life, something that you need a sense of community, a sense of want, a sense of being there. What better place than to join the Sleepers Media Discord where we have a community, we have discussions, we have engagements, and we have betting advice in there. For anyone who wants to get into that betting world, we are more than happy to be your betting Obi-Wan Kenobi and lead you to the greatness of maybe greener pastures and more money. But for the small price of $9.99, if you join on the web, don't join on mobile, join on the web. You can join Sleepers Media Discord and you can have the safety and the beauty of being able to talk to me and Greg at any time you want. And we are active in the Discord. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Join the Discord, Sleepers Media, $9.99 on the web. Do it now. It's going to get wicked. Final topic of the day. 
I posed this question to you via text. It's kind of a hard one to explain. I don't know how I'm going to caption this clip and thumbnail it out. But um, basically, if you had to draft one guy, one Big Ten basketball player as the most valuable guy you could have going forward from today on, who is the guy you pick? Now, the obvious answer to everyone immediately, I think, would be Zach Eady. But you know you're only getting one year of Zach Eady if you draft Zach Eady. So is one year of Zach Eady more valuable than four years of somebody else, three years of somebody else? So the names you're allowed to pick for this, anyone who's going to be on a Big Ten basketball roster this season. You can't pick someone who's committed that's still in high school. Uh, any incoming freshman for this season can qualify for this. I asked you to bring two honorable mentions and your official pick. So let's work from the bottom up. Give me your two honorable mentions and then give me your official pick of who you would want to be the face of your program if you had to pick one name that's most valuable. Can this one, can this exercise be called hashtag Big Ten Building Block? Oh my God, Carter. Listen, I know we had to take away your clip privileges yesterday. You might be on thumbnail duty starting today. That was incredible. All right. Uh, can I ask you one thing before I get into my list? Mm-hmm. Can you give me a quick rundown of what your criteria was when you, in your thought process? I have four names. I told you the to four. come with three and I'd come with three. Okay. I have, uh, I have the answer I believe to be obvious. And then I have my three answers. Okay. All right. So my honorable mention, last honorable mention was Jeremy Fierce. Jeremy Fears was my honorable mention. Um, I think he's going to be an elite point guard in the Big Ten. He's a freshman, um, and he's going to be, I think, one of the end up leaving Michigan State as one of the best Michigan State point guards in a school that had in a school that has had some great ones. So Jeremy Fears is my honorable mention, first one. My next honorable mention is um, wait, who did I have? Oh yeah, okay, sorry. I had to make sure I didn't mess it up. Uh, I had Braden Smith. I had Braden Smith as my second honorable mention. I think that he is a building block type player. He does a little bit of everything. He's a guard. A lot of my guys were guards. As much as I wanted to do, you know, pick a big, I did not pick any bigs in this exercise. And my number one, who I would pick moving forward. You want to take a guess at who it is? Um. Yes, I'm in between two. I think your answer is Bruce Thornton. My answer is Bruce Thornton. My answer wow. is Bruce Thornton. Wow. Yeah, I th- I think that Bruce Thornton is could see a world where he ends up being one of the best guards in the country. I think he has uh, he has the game to back it up. As we mentioned before, he has the intangibles as well. I think that Bruce Thornton is just like a program face of face of a program type of guy, just on and off the court. I always bring up the press conferences that we went to, and I'll continue to do it. I think he's a high character, high energy. And match that with talent as well. I think that's why I'd like want to build my program around. I think he can elevate others around him. It'll be a big year this year for Bruce Thornton to see how he is with talent around him because I don't necessarily know if he was able to elevate guys last year. And I think he'll have a chance to elevate guys around him this year. Not saying that they're less talented than the team last year, but I think that bringing in the talent, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of navigates that. He didn't have a chance to elevate Bryce Sensabaugh. No, Bryce Sensabaugh did all the elevating himself. 
didn't didn't make it easy on his teammates. Maybe is what we're saying hypothetically. Okay. Uh, so, how many of your three do you think are on my list? I think that two are on your list. Correct. Wow, we know each other too well right now. This is kind of scaring me. Uh, I had Braden Smith and Jeremy Fears as my two honorable mentions as well. So uh, I think those no are the Bruce, right picks. No Bruce. No Bruce. So I I think Braden Smith and Fears are both guaranteed four year guys. The reason I did not include Bruce Thornton and I thought about him, I don't think he's a guaranteed four year guy. I think wow. if Bruce Thornton's great this season, he could be in the NBA a year from now. Hmm. Um, my bet would be he plays three years at Ohio State. And I don't think two years of Bruce Thornton is more valuable than three years of Braden Smith or four years of Jeremy Fears. Okay. Um, honestly, uh, between Fears and Smith, I just want to say this. I would pick Fears. I know I've done a lot of Braden Smith love lately. Um, and it's it's hard to do this exercise, too, because like one of Jeremy Fears' years is essentially not going to be used at Michigan State. Like, No offense, but... Jeremy fears doesn't really matter to Michigan state's success this year, even if he's great. Uh, so it's hard because I think if you just threw him on an empty roster, four years of Jeremy fears could look like four years of Cassius Winston potentially. And they have different games, but I'm just saying like impact wise, I think it, like it could be that impactful. I'm that high on him. Um, and same with Braden Smith, oddly, like, if you dropped Braden Smith on an empty roster as a freshman instead of next to the national player of the year, what does that look like? It, it, if you drop Braden Smith on this year's Michigan State team instead of Fears, does Braden Smith start? No, Izzo would stick with his guy. If you had like the the history with Hogard. Okay, understood. Just yeah, a little little wrinkle question in there. Fun, but yeah, fun fun hypothetical. So yeah. I uh I, I said I have four names. I have two names that you didn't mention. Bruce Thornton's not on my list as mentioned because I think he could go pro. Um, I have the obvious answer, and then I have my answer. The obvious answer is this: it's Zach Eady, man. It's Zach Eady. Like I get you just take, it, you just take the one year of Eady. <laughs> It's a it's a fun hypothetical, and that's why I posed this. But who are we kidding here? Like one year of Zach Eady, no matter where you put him, means that you are a national title contender, and you have the no doubt national player of the year. True. What what are we doing dancing around with three years of these other guys? Like we're hoping, <laughs> we are hoping these other guys give us that in the future. This is a no brainer. And if you went down the list of programs, like depending on who you are. I would say 12 of the 14 programs in the Big Ten would take one season where they're a guaranteed national title contender over four years of we hope something works out. Like if you could give Minnesota a, a, a year with Zach Eady where they're a top five team in the country, they take it. No brainer. And the truth about Eady too is like, let's just say hypothetically car. If you removed all the other things I like about Purdue, which I really like, I think they're still a great team, but if you dropped like you and three of your Albion teammates next to Zach Eady, aren't y'all still a pretty good team in the big time this year? I mean, I mean, Zach was a 45% three point shooter. I'm just thinking like Edie's that good. Like if Edie needed to go get 35 and 25 on a team, I think he could do it, and you just place the right pieces around him. Can Zach Eady play two more years? Uh, yeah, but I think we got to be realistic. He's not going to. Okay. Yeah. Are we sure? No. <laughs> no. I've never thought of the possibility that we could have two more years of Edie. 
what about this world? Purdue has a great season, number one in the country, undefeated, blah, 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 all this stuff. They get to March, number one overall seed. They lose to Robert Morris in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Back-to-back 116 losses. Bill Self calls in the summer. What does Zach Eady do? You tell him Zach Eady to Kansas? Bill, if Hunter Dickinson's value, market valuation was $2 million for a year at Kansas, isn't Bill Self paying $5 million for Zach Eady next year? Yeah. And he's coming off back to back 16 C lot. What's what's ED doing? And that's why he's going to Kansas, isn't he? <laughs> like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I, there's there's a world where this gets interesting, but no, ED is the pick. Uh, Purdue's going to be great. They're not going to lose in the first round. That's the pick. Now, time for my pick. That is not the obvious pick, but it's it's my pick. I like to think I'm pretty objective. You and Michigan State fans would push back on it probably and say I'm very biased. Here we uh, go. I'm biased in jokes, but I. I'm normally very objective. This is a homer pick. I think the most valuable asset in the Big Ten is Doug McDaniel. I do. I think all the all the same reasons you picked Bruce Thornton as your answer applied to Doug McDaniel, except Doug has no path to the NBA at all. Doug, Doug is Michigan's point guard for three straight seasons, and those seasons are going to be so fun. I mean, until he... until he leaves for scene hall it's an outcome <laughs> it, it's an outcome i mean your building block can't even properly hydrate that was a one-time mistake okay if if he has hydration issues this year can you can you retract the straight statement Listen, hydration issues happen to everyone okay in fact last week i talked about it on the pod i was like seeing lines in my vision for a day just i had to stop off the coffee like it happens to everybody okay i don't wish that on my worst enemy it happened to doug at a bad time right before michigan state game he still played that game by the way let's be clear about what happened because he's a dog lesser men would never uh he was a dog that game he got walked yeah well he was a dog the next game too and he walked a couple of your dogs best backcourt in the country supposedly but a little 18 year old five foot seven freshman was in his bag uh I listen, I'll just ride or die for Doug. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, this was an opportunity for me to ride or die for my guy. I do think when he's an upperclassman, I think he's a first team all big 10 player who scores like 19 a game at Michigan. You know why I'm not affected by you picking Doug? Because I have recording saved on my phone and saved on my phone, not even on this episode. Stop you picking of you picking Braden over Doug. That was for this year, not for three years from now. Oh, okay. Okay, loophole. That's not a loophole. It's honest. Okay. It's honest. Listen, Doug McDaniel in a few years is going to be Tyler Eulis. If you gave Tyler Eulis like a hitman assassin mentality and a bunch of cocaine. That's who I think Doug McDaniel is. I like I think he's a, I think he's an absolute killer who's just going to annoy the shit out of everyone. He might, but Tyler Eulis wasn't surrounded by George Washington III, Fat Fat Brooks, and Yo-Yo. Which only means Doug will be used even more, which should be music to any Michigan fan's ears. I'm telling you, man, this year, like, everyone's talking about Kamwa, and I don't know, really just Kamwa. They don't have anybody else. But, like, I I think there's a world Doug's like a a 15-a-game guy this year. I don't think that's crazy. All right, last thing before we move on to the one big thing and just answer it quickly for me. We we went through that exercise 
point guards was the main thing. Guards was the main thing. If it was a wing, who are you picking? Well, there's that whole sophomore class of wings like Peyton Sanford, Connor Asijan. Uh, you could throw AJ Store in there, I guess. Um, Fletcher Lawyer, theoretically. <laughs> I'm out on all these guys. <laughs> I I might take one of the freshman wings coming in. Ooh. Like I might take a Gavin Griffiths or I might take a Jamie Kaiser. I would take Griffiths over Kaiser. I would too, but I I would consider those. Honestly, I would even consider like, I think Devin Royal ends up being like a monster in the Big Ten. Would you take Ty Rogers? I would take Ty Rogers because I would not make Ty Rogers a point guard. After all the Ty Rogers drama with us and us being in on him so hard last year and then out on him so hard this season. He does feel like a reasonable name for this exercise, right? Yeah. Like, I think I would take Ty. I would. Yeah. I would take Ty Rogers. Can we, okay. Can we do a consensus like top 10 assets in the big 10 list then? Yes. I think like Bill Simmons used to do like the trade machine stuff where it's not ranking the best players. It's just ranking like who's the best at. And he had some stupid, like Anthony Davis was like ahead of LeBron his rookie year or something like that. I think, but um, if we did that, who's our top 10? Like quick on the fly. Uh, fears. I still put Thornton as an asset. I think uh, between like our lists, I think fears, Thornton, Braden Smith, Booker and, and Doug are all top 10. I think Booker. Edie has to be top 10 Booker. I don't think Booker makes it. Cause I think it, there's worries. He's a one and done. Okay. I I would put Carr before Booker probably, um, really? I but I think like Sanford and Griffiths probably find their way on there. Ty Rogers, I think Ty, Ro- I think Ty Rogers makes his, his way, way on there. there for sure. Who are we missing? Ohio. See, I think Middleton will be one or two and done. Harris I Smith? might I might let Devin Royal sneak into that list. I think that one's a stretch. Any of the sophomore bigs like Akpara, Reed, Kaufman, Rent. Renault. Mm. We might have to save this for another segment where I actually like go through this. I think we should put an actual list out. The 25 best, like, what'd you call it? Building blocks. Uh, big. No, you got to do this. Big 10 building blocks. Okay. I like that exercise. It's a really fun exercise. Uh, okay. Good episode. <laughs> I never know how to end these. Like, I feel like we just said, it. it's like, okay. Okay. Like, yeah, All right. Good time. Good All right. What, what you think? Yeah. Uh, the, the hard part too is like I, you and I talk so much, man. <laughs> you do like this episode ends, and then it's not like a see you tomorrow. It's like I'm gonna text you in 20 minutes, and then it it's sometimes hard to separate like work versus just like friendship with you. It's true. Do we need to like you know you took like a caffeine break? Mm-hmm. Do we need like a break? No, because I like my interactions with you. It's genuinely like probably one of the best things I look forward to in my day. But maybe like not a work break, just an interaction break. Like in a week or two, I'll catch up with you and be like, what did I miss? Like, mm. how's but life? I th- See, I think I'd rather take a work break than an interaction break with you. Like I'd rather be like on vacation, like ordering a tequila shot, sending you a video. Yeah, true. That's a good point. I also well, want to give us and our friend group credit. We've been really good on mid-football FaceTime shots this year. That's a critical part of my enjoyment of football season. I agree 100%. Yeah, halftime shots have been very voluminous this year. 
abundant, <laughs> abundant, one might say. People were asking for your word of the day, by the way. We could add that to every episode. Do you want to add a Carter Elliott word of the day or no? Yeah, uh, do your best to use the word abundant today. <laughs> or abundancy. This could be fun. If we if we actually roll this out, we could either have you do it at the beginning of the episode and then you have to say it like at least once in the episode or you have a word of the day that you bring that you use in the episode and then at the end of the episode, I have to guess what it is. I'm doing that starting tomorrow. Okay, so you you will bring a word of the day every episode. At the end of the episode, I guess what it is. You tell me if I'm right or not and then you unveil your word of the day. I can't wait to mess you up. I'm going to make it orange. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, one big thing presented by Big B. Uh, big B. I have not gotten a Big B coffee in like three weeks, by the way. I'm drinking a Big B competitor today. And uh, do you want to guess the percent my coffee has been drank thus far? Uh, so I know it's Duncan, and I think it's right below the lettering. Pretty close. I mean, that's just we 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 might talk too much. Yeah, we're really dialed in on each other's wants and needs right now. It's a little scary. I don't don't pause that. Come I did. I did it. It was worse. I'd rather get the pause than the facial expression you just made. <laughs> expression. What's your one big thing, man? Um. Okay. My one big thing for today is um for any fans that are looking to get into the game of soccer, today's a great day. Today's a great day to start it. The Champions League starts. Um, for people who don't watch soccer, Champions League is basically bringing the top teams from all the leagues around the world and putting them in a tournament. So, like, think about it as a very, very long March Madness style tournament, kind of. Like, you play in the groups, you figure out if you advance to the next round, then it becomes bracket play. And you can start watching it now, and it goes all the way through. I think the championship game is sometime in, like, shit, like May or a long time away. So I highly recommend getting into it, maybe picking a team and just following it. It'll be a lot of fun to follow. Uh, as y'all can see, I got my Manchester City kit on today as we begin our quest to defend our Champions League title. And I'm very excited about it. So that's my one big thing for today. I like that one big thing. I, for whatever reason, my soccer fandom, which is largely fueled by your recommendations of how to watch soccer, I've never been able to fully get into Champions League. And that's weird because my team won the Champions League the first year that I was a soccer fan. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to find you a team that has not been in Champions League for a long time and then last season found a way to get in the Champions League and like they're young and fun. Like there's always that one team. Like I always point to this. This is why I tell people to watch the Champions League. I think it was almost six to eight years ago, right? Young French team, Monaco, makes their way into Champions League and just has ballers all around. Like, this is young Kylian Mbappe, Bernardo Silva, um, Mendy, just all these ballers that are just before they became the big names they are today. There's always that fun Champions League team. Uh, fans like to call it the hipster team. But I'll find that team for you and I'll tell you to follow them. Isn't it kind of sad though? Because like whoever the hipster team is, all their players are just going to get bought in a year. Uh, sometimes it is, but sometimes teams stick together though. Like Monaco st stuck together for maybe a year or two after that. Minus Kylian Mbappe and Bernardo Silva and Mendy. <laughs> they, but they stuck for a year or two after that, and then okay. they left. Okay, I don't know something about it. Just it feels like the the in season NBA tournament to me. 
Like maybe I'll love that when it gets here, but I've always just, I've cared way more about prem results than champions league results, which feels backwards. Maybe you should be an AC Milan fan because they have Rafael Leal, who's probably top three fun player to watch. Rafael Leal. Leal. Rafael Leal. Leal. Rafael Leal. Yes. That is the greatest name in sports oh, history. He's, oh, he, he's he's that boy too. And also, can he go by Rafa Leal? Because that's Rafa Nadal. But yeah, that's... he goes by Rafa Leal. I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you should watch that. And they got two Americans on the team. They got Pulisic and Eunice Musa. Uh, they got Giroud. You used to love Giroud, didn't you? Am I just a Pulisic guy though? Because I don't want to just go wherever Pulisic goes. I don't feel like he's earned that. Yeah, you don't want to be a, just a Pulisic guy either. I've, I don't feel like he's earned that, and I would be doing that if I jumped from Chelsea to AC Milan. Also, uh, aren't they Italian? Yes. I don't know how I feel about Italy. <laughs> like what? <laughs> just like just the country? I don't know. I just that's not a joke. I just I don't I don't know that I want Italy. Pizza is your favorite food. Love pizza. That's Italian. But I want like Sabaro. <laughs> just like I don't want to go to I don't know I don't know okay Whew, deep breath uh, I have a gambling PSA for people I know some people listen to us and aren't gambling people so you can shut the program off at this point but I have a, a public service announcement from G who uh, I like to consider myself a little bit of a gambling aficionado I work in it I've hit some big bets I think I make good gambling content this comes after last night's Monday night football uh tragedy and and sports in general results when a player gets injured that you bet on do not cry that you should get the bet voided that is lame it's not accurate and we should not be holding sports books accountable if they don't void them it's within all of their rights to not void them in fact i encourage sports books to not void them because now it's insulting with there's been so many injuries in sports history that sports books haven't voided. And now they are picking and choosing. And that's the last thing. It's unfair to betters. We should not be in a position where like, maybe we'll get lucky. Like, no, you should never get lucky. And you should honestly, as a better know that there's risk involved when you place a bet. Like it's horrible when a player goes down to injury. Nick Chubb's one was horrendous. I wish him the best. I hope he comes back, but yeah, like if I bet a Nick Chubb touchdown, part of my bet is the risk that he might get injured. So like, yeah, you lost your bet immediately instead of at the end of the game. You look lame begging for a handout from a sports book. They owe you nothing. Injuries are part of sports. It's part of every bet you make. You should calculate that risk in when you make a bet is, oh, there's a percent chance this could happen. And honestly, it's like it, this is another lame complaint I have that's totally not in line with this, but I'll compare it. This is how lame you look. It's like when a basketball coach complains, the other team made shots. There's a certain coach who likes to do that a lot in his press conferences, but it's so dumb. Making shots is part of basketball. Like you can't hit the podium and be like, well, they made a bunch of shots. They're not supposed to make. That looks stupid. Like win the damn game, find a way you lost your bet. You look stupid. The guy got hurt. That's what matters here. Sportsbooks owe you nothing. You should know that and be better than that. Be responsible gamblers that are better for the culture of gambling than complaining for free handouts. That was a great one. Big thing, G. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Uh, okay. Good episode today. I had fun. I hope everybody enjoys this. We'll be back on Wednesday this week. Also, I think, isn't it Bluff's due date today? Yes, it is. Shout out to Riley Davis. Shout out to to Bluff. Shout out to Nat, his wife, and uh, their future child. Hopefully, we get a, a little text today with some good news. I can't wait to meet Carter Hubert Davis. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.